0: Welcome to the Earn Your Marks podcast, presented by Pro Exam Tutors, the only podcast you need to pass the CFP exam and become a certified financial planner. Here are your hosts, Sev Maneshian and Nelson Green.
1: All right, welcome to the Earn Your Marks podcast. I'm Sev Maneshian. I am the lead tutor and founder of Pro Exam Tutors. I'm very excited to have with us today, Logan Richard. Logan is going to share some of his uh, experiences with the CFP exam, which we all know is not a very fun exam to take. It's very grueling, um, and Logan has um, has been with a provider. We're going to talk about the provider or providers, the exam pro- providers that he's been with. So, with that, Logan, the, uh, the the floor the floor is yours, and and I figured we just start off with, if you wouldn't mind providing just a little bit of a brief background, like how you got to the point where you wanted to take the CFP was this uh you know, required by your, your company or is it something that you um, that you've pretty much aimed for? Cause it looks like a lot of people are going sitting for the exam about six, 7,000 people a year. So uh, yeah, that was just, thank you
0: a little bit. Uh, yes. Yeah, so like uh, Seth was saying, uh, I'm Logan Richard. Um, I took uh, the CFP three times. So I know how, how much of a bumpy road it can be. Um, I'm currently a wealth management associate uh, at Denver private wealth manager, Denver private wealth management, uh mm-hmm. small RIA in uh, Denver, Colorado. I've been here about two years now. Nice. Um, I went to the university of Colorado Boulder is where I got my education. So it was there where I kind of decided I wanted to do this CFP route. Um, I kind of, so I started off Um, in finance. And uh, one of my teachers introduced me to this. uh, It was the personal financial planning track or emphasis. And that's what got me into start talking about the CFP and how valuable it could be. I didn't even really know about it probably until my sophomore year of college. And after reading about it, that's where I kind of got all of this interest in it. And uh, it was really nice. My um, my bachelor degree actually qualified for the education portion.
1: okay, so, so you didn't you didn't have to go through um you didn't have to go through an education portion that was just built into your your degree program.
0: yep, which is really nice I know there's a couple colleges that do that now, so um that was a really big uh, portion of why i I mean, if I already had the education portion, like might as well shoot for it, you know what I mean so, and then after looking at um, some job opportunities, probably about my junior year, it you could tell a lot of these small RIAs that's that's who they're looking for as a CFP or someone pursuing a CFP. So it wasn't anything that I got from my company. It was uh, something that I found out I wanted to do uh, towards in the middle of college.
1: Okay, and that, that's like similar to the group that I'm with. So I'm we're with I'm with a small RIA also. So we each have our own you know our, our own book of business. And the way that we have it at, at our financial planning firm is, you know, I'm the lead, um, you say the lead financial planner. So there are three of us. And then so, you know, I do the financial planning for the group and then we have an enrolled agent, too. So if we have tax issues, we have somebody that can give tax advice. Maybe if someone wants to do a Roth conversion, they're selling a business, you know, whatever it ha- we're buying a business, whatever it happens to be. And then we have a third person that that does the the trading for our for our clients so you so probably you guys have somewhat of a similar yeah
0: ours is ours is pretty similar so right now we have three advisors um we have our managing advisor and mm-hmm. then we have a CFA who does a lot of the investment like the investment side of it but there's five of us in the investment committee so um kind of just like different points of view and everything and we meet on a weekly basis there so yeah kind of seems like the same setup as what you have got going on.
1: Pretty, yeah, pretty typical. And so, um, so where the smaller RIAs, or if you look at the bigger companies, like if I want to get on with Vanguard or Fidelity or whomever, let's say a real big company too, there's this big push for the CFP certification. So you, um, but again, you, you didn't have to go through the, the additional core curriculum that was folded into your, your college. um, Yeah,
0: so. It was kind of a, obviously longer route since it was through college. So like I had like estate planning, uh insurance, risk management. So those were all one semester classes is how it looked. All right. So it would be a two times a week, hour, 30 minute class is kind of how that worked. So,
1: but once you were, so once you were done with school, so what was your degree you may have mentioned it, but what was
0: your degree again? Yeah, so Bachelor of Finance with an Emphasis in Personal Financial planning. Okay, got you. That's how it's titled.
1: Yep. All right. And then so now you come out of school and, you know, the age group for those taking for CFP exam candidates, it, I mean, it really ranges. Like it can be from 22 right out of school. Um, so I've helped a number of, let's say, recent college grads which that has its own challenges. And then you can get somebody who is 62. Actually, there was one person I was communicating through the CFP candidate form. I believe he was in his mid-80s and he was studying okay. for the exam. So, and it was cool talking to him. He's like, you know, who knows? Maybe I got 20 years left and he just really enjoyed the industry. But mm-hmm. the, the challenge with those that are recent grads is obviously like the experience is not there. It's not a major let's say a major knock where the major thing comes in is that if someone's been in the industry for like 30 years and then they think maybe that they can walk into the exam using, using their experience. And a lot of times that doesn't turn out well, you know, there's almost like a rewiring of the brain because you've got all this real life stuff, Well, we're looking just pass an exam. So um, like in your case, once you graduated, how long did you wait to, to take the Yeah.
0: So that first time I took it, I was pretty eager um, okay. might have been part of the, the reason it was a, a fail on that first attempt. But I took it. I graduated in May um, okay. as I should. I took May off kind of to enjoy life a little bit. And then I started my job June 1st. So right away, I started my job. And then July, I think it was like July 15th is when I tur- took my first exam.
1: Oh, so so you OK, you went into it. Mm-hmm. You didn't do a review course,
0: um, or, or did you pick a, at least nope, like, not that first time. So I think okay. I didn't really understand the full, uh, how, how expansive and how difficult this exam really was. And I think oh, that wow. has a lot to do with just coming out of school, getting 95% on my classes, uh, thinking awesome. that I could do well doing well on like my final exams for estate planning, that type of thing, where it is much different because it's all at once. So, um, I think I had a lot more confidence than what should have been realized that first okay. time. So no review course. I was literally studying my, yeah. my notes from classes, All right. which is very different from studying for the exam. And yeah, I learned that after the first time. So I actually before this uh, before we started this, I looked at my uh, test results from the first two times, and that first time I took it, I only passed three of the subjects. Okay. Um, if I had to if I had to guess where you struggled because and this is
1: just, let you know, I me mean, talk this, I talked to so many people, and what consistently comes up is there's problems with and it's it's probably in this order. Income tax is always number one with the most difficult area. Then it's followed by retirement. And then with the states after that, where do you happen to remember? Like if, yeah, so
0: I'm actually looking at, so the three I passed were psychology of financial planning um, and then estate planning actually, and general principles. And I think part of that estate planning was, I think a big part of it was that was in my last semester of school. Uh, So I kind of had it fresh and I kind of knew those details where like income taxation, I took that class two years before I took that, before I took the CFP. Forget that. That's going to be out. Yeah.
1: Because the tax stuff you got to be on top of. So, Mm -hmm. well, okay. So you go through your, if I imagine you were disappointed, but I can't imagine that you were crushed because now you got, now you understood what it was about. It's not like it was a lack of purposeful preparation. It's just like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I got my degree. You know, this is a six hour exam. You had taken,
0: who knows how many exams up to that point through school. So. uh, Yeah. So there was kind of two parts to it. One, it was more difficult going to work that next time and then having to discuss that. But one of my uh, coworkers, who's a CFP for about six or seven years now, he even said he was like, he's like, I kind of knew you weren't going to pass it by the time that you put in and no review course. Um, but he's like, I, I didn't, he was like, you were new to the company. I didn't know your thought, like how you work. Um, so he's like, I let you give it a shot, but, and right. then I got some advice for him for the second time. So that was a whole different story, but yeah, it was kind of nice that honestly, like, cause if I only pass one, that's way different than if I pass six or seven of the eight. And it's like, I was so close. close so like, yeah. I mean, like, I wasn't even close. Like I just got to redo this thing. Okay. So you, so you kind of re you regroup, maybe
1: it took some time off, you know, I, a lot of students that take the exam in July, they will just, you know, if they don't do well, or, you know, they contact me or, or somebody and they'll, they'll just say, you know, what do I do next? Should I get back into it? I always just suggest, you know, take a good, at least a couple of weeks off, you know, if not a yeah. month, cause you got to rest your mind and, and, and it's, and it's a huge, you know, it's kind of a crushing thing. So. When you then um, regather yourself, did you then, you know, did you pick a, a review, uh, a, a, an exam review provider, like based off of your, your friend or your, your co-worker's advice,
0: or did you, were you poking yeah, around so the internet? there's was to, kind just... of a, a mix of things. So one, just going through and just doing some research and then talking to, you um, So some of the people I had in my class, they passed it on that July exam. So I specifically talked to those people and was like, what did you do? And um, they kind of told me like what classes they took. And I was looking prices were uh, um, part of the issue as well. So my company paid for the first exam, which is really nice. I think a lot of places do that. And it makes sense, but they paid for one and they were kind of like, We're going to pay for you for the first time. And then after that, you're kind of on your own, which makes sense. So now I kind of had to fluctuate price in there a little bit, but I ended up um, going with the Kaplan uh, review course. And it was really nice because this was, so this was last. So I took it again in November. So I took about a month off and I was like, since I have all of this stuff, like, like in my mind, I think I should just go for it again in November. And they had their Kaplan had their live course in Denver, which was really nice. So I didn't have to travel. It was like 25 minutes from where I lived. Perfect. So that was a big part of it. And I did the um, guarantee to pass, which I'm glad I ended up doing. (laughs) So that Um, was
1: what? so you went to with Kaplan. There's some type of guarantee to pass. So if you don't pass the exam, what they let you retake it and there's no, is there a minimal cost or anything or no? Yeah.
0: So it's completely free and you get to do, you get all of the materials and tests and everything again.
1: Oh, nice. All right. So you go through that, and then you know, did was that like a was that a boot camp style, or was it over a two month period where you're meeting a couple times
0: a week? Yeah. So with Kaplan, so they do, um, they kind of set it up to be like a, I think like a ten to twelve, like a twelve week course type of okay. g- type of gig. But it depends. So they just kind of figure out. So here's they put like a time frame on every single task and they split it up within however many weeks you started to your day. So like the first time I took it, it was like, I had to do like whatever, 14 hours a week. And then the last time I took it, I started much earlier and it was more like seven hours a week. So it really just depends on when you started and that's kind of how they set you up for it. Uh, um, okay.
1: There's no like There's no like hard start line. If it's like, You're going to start up, it's going to be September 1st and then you're, we're going to meet twice a week. So if you want to really start it in, I guess, in uh, July or something or in August, then they'll, I guess, uh, mold that study schedule.
0: Yeah. It's like basically just being prorated. So however far away you are, it's just going to split it up evenly in that way. Um, So the more time you start, like the earlier you start, the less time you're going to have to put in every single week, which is really nice. Um, and then the live class was really nice. Um, it was I'm trying to think. I think it was four days, um, like nine hour days straight. Boot-tree. Yep. So that was two weeks before the test, which was a really good time frame, I think. Right. Um, so you kind of like, I think the goal, if I would have redone it, is to complete all of like the coursework through your like module. and then go into that live course. So then you have everything done. And then at that point, it's just like four days of final review and getting it done. So that was very intense. That was, you got breakfast and lunch there and it was a full day. So I did have to get, I had to call off like two days off of work. Um, but it was really beneficial. And did you go like Thursday through Sunday, something like that? Okay. Yeah. Sunday
1: was, did they give you a little bit of a break, uh, time-wise or, um,
0: I think Sunday was kind of the same thing. They did like a full practice exam on that last day and everything. So, uh, all right.
1: So that's really six, trying to get you ready. Like a six hour. So you guys did a full six hour practice, practice exam or,
0: um, I'm trying to think, I think they kind of like set us up and then they sent us home to do the practice exam on the Kaplan course. Oh, uh, like, got it. So it was kind of like one of those things, like, we're done here. You should go take this though. Now, like, this is a good time to do it. That makes
1: sense. Cause they went yeah. through the whole, you know, uh, the 39 36 hours or whatever the class time was. And then, so when you, do you remember the second time you took it? Do you remember how you did on the practice? Yeah. That-
0: so, so story was set. So my second and third time, there's been some hiccups. So for anyone about to take the test, this is, there's just be prepared. All right, go early. So the second time I took it, I, I left my apartment an hour early and I'm driving there, aiming to get there 30, 45 minutes early. My tire pops on the highway. Of course. Okay. And then that is just like the last thing you want at that time, but you got to prepare for the unexpected. So this thing happens. I end up pulling off driving into like a gas station, the first exit and getting an Uber at seven 30 in the morning to go to my exam. And I had to just leave my car there. Uh, I called one of my friends to help me out, but it's just like one of those things you really have to come like, just compartmentalize a little bit. And just like that's done with you got to anything that's like a hiccup before you just got to kind of put it away and you're on a whole new journey here. And you just got to kind of refresh your mind and not let things like that. It can be like the littlest thing, a big thunderstorm the day of your test or not feeling Uh, great. You just got to kind of work on dealing with that stuff. And that's something that I think is good when you're prepping for the exam. When stuff like that happens, don't take a day off of studying because that might be the day that your test is. Uh, And I think that's something that. But yeah, so that second time, really unfortunate, had my tire pop on the way. Um, ended up Ubering there, taking the test. And then um, I ended up, I, I have it here. I passed five of the eight this time. Okay. So a lot, yeah, a lot closer. Because it was three yeah. out
1: of eight the first time. Yeah. Five out of eight. And of course, we, we'll get to the uh, the successful part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, and, and, you know, other thing, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, prepare, expect the unexpected. There are a couple of students I know of that, you know, one did a proctored exam. And the internet went out of all days, and then she's in a you know I mean a, uh, this was in what, like LA area, so you'd figure big city probably should have stable internet. No, that went out, that just threw her off. Um, another one was doing a remote, and something happened. It wasn't the internet just whatever the system went down? He was like four and a half, almost five hours to the exam. They go, no, you got to redo it. And wow. an, another guy I know took it at the exam center. And the system went out. I don't think it was internet related. And they said, no, even yeah. though it's our fault, you got to redo this thing. So, yeah, like that's rare to happen. I mean, in your case, that's very, very rare. Yeah. it's a new one for me to hear. But, yeah, stuff happens. So that's why, you know, if you were, you were what, 20, 20 minutes away from the, the center? Yeah. You yeah. left
0: an hour early. So that's pretty good. Um, so at least you got there on time. Yeah, but. I still got there around on time. Um, but... Yeah, that was a little stressful. But the thing was, so if anyone's like taking it, if it's like your second time. um, So I passed five of the eight, but right. they were all because you can kind of see it puts like a dot on it. I don't know if you've seen like how it yeah, looks.
1: Metric, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So all five that I passed were right there on the edge. <laughs> so so I honestly think if if I would have been strong in those five, I might have passed it because True. I know it's complicated how it works, but um, you can score strong to help some places that you score weak. So yeah. even though I passed five they were all really close and I think that was part of the problem on that it second drag, time that I took it.
1: Yeah. It can drag the other lower areas up. Yeah and that, that's a misconception where you know you you do not have to pass all eight of the areas. Mm-hmm. I mean you can you can maybe pass uh let's say five of them and if the if that black dot is way off to the right that can pull up maybe the income tax part where the black yeah. dot is you know maybe a little bit under that that halfway mark so um okay so you do that and then um i'm just gonna guess that you took it again
0: the next march cycle is that i actually waited until july ah okay because i do think part of that was me rushing into it a little bit the after the first time and like i said i went into that kaplan course and it was like 12 hours a week and so that's just, I don't know. I thought I should take a little bit longer of a break. And I think a big part of it is you want to take it when you're going to have the least distractions. I'm a big sports guy. I live in Colorado. I ski a lot. Oh, ah, okay. I knew I knew me skiing on the weekends, have asked my friends asking me to go skiing. Mm. You got basketball, March right. Madness. I know those are all going to be distractions that I am not going to want to miss out on, or it's going to be really tough for me to miss out on. Right. So I was like, right. I think. I mean, July is the middle of summer. Obviously, there's a lot of fun things going on in the summer, but I think I have a better, I'm going to do better at saying no to a lot of these things right. in the summer when I don't have some of the things that I love more happening in March. So yeah. that was a big reason. I think that's something people should think about um, when they're trying to pick out what what session they're going to be doing their exam. In. All right. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, and
1: there's somebody helping, I'm helping now. It's the same thing. It's like he's like, I just want to enjoy the summer. Uh, and I'll say that's perfectly fine. He's doing light studying, but then I told him, Hey, September 1st comes around, that's you know, roughly eight to 10 weeks before the exam. September 1st, you just got to give up your life and Mm -hmm. put it all into the exam. You know, two hours a day minimum studying, you want to be hitting the books, you know, four to six hours on the weekend. Um, and then just to uh, just to just Sprint into the exam. You know, you just got to do a sprint for about two months or so. But no, that's smart thinking on your own. There's another guy I talked to who was studying note cards like the the night before his wedding. I was like, you, you yeah, this is a major event, man. Like, you can't, <laughs> you, you're, you're not going to be able to concentrate on it. So, so you got that part right. So you, you know, you take it in November. It doesn't go in your direction mentally, too. um For those listening that have taken it two, three, you know, maybe four times. Um, Was there any doubt that you were going to take it again? Like, had you gotten so frustrated with yourself or were you just being stubborn and just saying, the hell with this, I'm just going to go for it again?
0: So it was kind of one of the things. So I failed in November, kind of gave myself until like New Year's and stuff to just kind of relax. And then I actually went um, to my company as kind of like, I really like at this point, I was hoping to start getting some clients and everything in and I brought in a couple and they kind of pushed me back and they're like, we hired you to be a CFP. We want you to be a CFP. This is the right way you're going to do it. So I kind of got that halt back a little bit and that kind of helped me to like reframe where I want to go and what I want to do. So also part of the reason pushing it to July was, so I actually started roughly in about April. That's so that gave me about four months. So, like, when I started that Kaplan course, it was like I remember it, I think it said like five or six hours a week, which is like not a lot at all. Um, and it's just because I started like so early, and my whole thing was I did much more of a game plan kind of from the beginning. So, I kind of scheduled out I want to finish like all reading all of the books by X date. Okay. Get through, and then I wanted to a big part of it was, um, doing note cards and everything that was just helping to like write stuff down and remember it Big and time. then be able to, yeah, look back on those in a short amount of time compared to having to like reread the book later on. Okay. Um,
1: you, you did
0: reread the, are these, would these be considered like the pre-study books that they give you before yeah, the Kaplan, the Kaplan uh like books for each one. So they were roughly, about, they changed from like 130 to 200 pages per, okay. per subject.
1: And they give you, I mean, there's five core subjects. I mentioned you got like five, maybe six
0: books. So you got six um, and then they give you a seventh one for case studies. So there's like Uh, about 20 case studies in there, which is nice. Got you. Yeah.
1: And then, yeah, on the case study, we won't go over it here, but I've done a video before. It's like, how do you tackle the case studies? Mm -hmm. And the case studies as big of a pain as they are, those are excellent studying tools too, because you know, you know, the information, it's just now a matter of digging into that case study and then, and then, and then, extract. yeah,
0: I will say one quick thing in the case study. So the second time I took it, the very first question was a case study, uh, that right. puts a big hiccup. But one thing that's really nice when you get into the CFP exam is you can skip questions whenever you want. So right. my advice, at least how I tackled it, um, cause it's in four sections of 43 mm-hmm. questions whenever you get that case study, go through all of the other questions yeah. and then do the case study at the end. Maybe unless it's your last section, you okay. might not want to finish with it. But I think it's a, if it's your first or second or third, finish all of those one, one questions and then do the co- case study at the end of the section. That's how I tackled it. tackled it. And it helped my anxiety a lot with when I, I was in the exam. Yeah,
1: because it's like, you can answer, like you're going to have a lot of questions. Now, the exam is split into two parts, but it's two major parts. But each one of those two parts, there's a there's a break point in there. Yep. So, really, you can see the exam is in like in four sections. So, that case study, so right off the bat, you got what 10 questions on a case, something like eight, 10 questions.
0: Is that- yeah, yeah, usually about, I think most of mine were around like 10 to 12. And, okay, yeah. And so you save, save those
1: to the end and then. All right. So you get, you get through that. Um, and was that on your, sorry, was that on your second or third? Attempt? Yeah. The
0: second one, it was literally the very first question, which <laughs> so, is that's like, ah, uh, that is like the worst thing. If they forced you to like answer that right away, that's just so tough. Like yeah. starting off. That's like trying to shoot a game winner on the first, after the tip, like right, it's exactly. just, you're not warmed up at all.
1: No. Uh-uh. So, okay. So that's the second the third time around, um, did you? So you did not change providers because you had this, um, you know, so-called this a guaranteed to pass, or yep. basically, if you don't do well, you can take you can. So you sat through the same exact curriculum. Um, not, I shouldn't say the curriculum, but the but the te- the test prep course again. Yeah,
0: I mean, they update their videos, especially this last year because of the Secure Act. Um, yes. There's a lot of things changing, so I kind of noticed. I don't know, probably. 30 to 40% of the videos were kind of updated. Some of them didn't need updating, right. but it's, I saw it was more not changing the test prep, more of changing how I prepped. Uh, all how right. I used that test prep. So a big one was starting earlier, um, putting a lot more hours in, but a big thing that the first and second time, and I know people coming out of college are going to struggle with this. Mm-hmm. Taking, it's it's much different when you're, older and have a family and kind of have like it all figured out compared to just coming straight out of college. Yeah. You yeah. got to take a, at least a month, preferably two months off. Don't go out on the weekends. Exactly. And it's tough. It really is tough to tell your friends. No. And right. This was something I made myself agree to. So I went completely sober for a month and a half before my exam. And that helped me with just saying no to going out and, yeah in like every exam, when you think, I mean, the July exam, you, there is one fourth of July. You cannot go out, can't do anything and it sucks, but it's one and you will never have to do it again. You're like done. And that was something I really struggled with the first couple of times. And then I just had to accept. And it's the same thing with the November exam. You kind of have Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. right there too. So it's just, I think it's a month, a month and a half where you have to sit in every single weekend and just push through it. Yeah. So that was a big change from the second to third time that I took it. Nice. Okay, so you when you were yeah, because
1: the question always comes up whether it's in the candidate forum or you know somebody contacts me and they're they're asking, "Oh, what provider do I go with?" You know, my generic answer is, look, it's like, it really, at the end of the day, I don't think that it matters. The material, for the most part, it's same, the same from one provider to another. I've seen plenty of providers and the material, you know, that, that it does not really change from one to another. Maybe you might get an instructor that, that really, you know, what he or she is talking about hits home better than another instructor. But at the end of the day, I mean, would you agree, it's like
0: 99%, it's the student's, efforts is that yep it's how much time you put in it really is and it's really knowing the concepts and how they work together instead of like you can't memorize any of this stuff so it's really just putting the time in and learning it I could just tell a different the second to third time that third time I took it there were so many things that I picked up on that like I just totally didn't even Uh, think of all the time yeah and it's You'll notice like the more, the more you study and everything, how it just gets ingrained into your brain. And at that point it makes, like there's a bunch of the questions on the exam that I'm like, I a hundred percent know this. And this is like, in like that went from like 40% of the questions the second time to like 75 to 80% on that third time. And that's really just putting the time in is the big difference for that.
1: So it, this is, um, You know, as we're talking here, anyone listening, you know, this is not an endorsement for Kaplan or anything. We just want to, because there are so many providers, the ultimate aim is to say, you know, okay, I'm going to now listen to the video on the person that passed with Dalton or with Dinko or whatever other provider doesn't doesn't matter. But um, I guess like to sum up things on the Kaplan side. Is there anything that you really, really liked? And then, you know, same thing. We're not knocking any of the providers, yeah. but the things that that maybe that they can improve on or that you would have liked to have seen.
0: Yeah. Um, with Kaplan, um, I wish they had. An, so they just do one practice exam, which is nice. But I wish. OK. They, like, I mean, they they have a good test. bank. I mean, they had twenty two hundred questions, I think. And I ended up going through about seventeen hundred of them. Yeah. So I really put in the questions this time, which I think is really important. Another thing to add on this third time I took it, I finished all of my coursework two weeks before. And for two weeks, I only did practice questions. And I think that was really beneficial compared to the other times I did. Like I finished my coursework kind of like when it tells you to when you're doing any of these review courses, they have you finish up prep when you have your exam. And I think it's really beneficial to finishing it up about two weeks earlier to give you time to just do questions, get in that mode. Um But for Kaplan specifically, their live class, if yeah. it's somewhere there where you can travel to, or if it's in your like home city, uh-huh. that was huge. That helps so much. They give you some good pointers, some cheat sheet type things, okay. like really condensing views of like what they've learned in like these classes. And then They do like group projects, which is like really nice because like a lot of the CFP stuff, like you're just learning on your own. Um, So that's one thing I really like the live class for Kaplan.
1: Okay, so you didn't have a preference. You know, I know some people I I don't know if I'd said to imagine because I did a prep class and I sat through the four days. And I think actually that may have been through Kaplan, too. Uh, It was a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure it was. Um, I don't know if I would have gotten as, and they were not doing, I mean, the Zoom was not around or anything like that. I I don't know if I would have gotten as much out of it if I was just sitting in my office or sitting at home, even if it was a live feed or something like that. Even if I couldn't, it just seems like maybe the live courses while you're you're sitting there, you probably are going to get more. Plus, you're able to collaborate like it sounds like you did. Um, And I don't know if you guys had a like a little offshoot study group, but those are, those are helpful obviously too. But, um, but yeah, as far as their, their questions. Yeah. I mean, 2000 is plenty. And and when students are asking, okay, now I'm in the final month or two weeks, what should I do? I say you can't go wrong doing more questions, even if you're getting them right, you, it will force you to go back and say, Oh, well, maybe I can just read up on whatever, um, you know, section 1250 or 1245, not to bring up bad memories for you, but the
0: the tax stuff. And with the questions, I really do think me taking it a couple of times now, Mm -hmm. I've I've kind of been in like what percent I believe is. So I really truly believe if you're taking these practice exams and these practice tests, and if you're getting 85 to 90, 95, you're in a good spot, especially because like, you got to think about it's nerve wracking. Don't be surprised if you go down 10% on test day, because there's so much anxiety and so nervous, but you're not going to go down 30%, like from what you know. So if you're, if you're pushing 90%, you're in a good spot. But I remember the second time I was taking it, I was more in like the 70, 75 range. Okay. And you can kind of see how that ended up. So if you're at that 70, 75 range, like right now, don't be comfortable with that. Keep studying and try to push yourself closer to that 90%. Um, and I think that's kind of where you want to be before test day.
1: So that's where you were like above above 80%, let's just say the last yeah. couple of weeks on. Would you line up like 100 questions or 50 questions at a time and
0: then run? Yeah. So the- I would actually do so each section is 42 or 43 questions on the CFP. So mm-hmm. I would, that's how I would split it up. I would almost always do 42 questions at a time. Oh, cause I that get. gets your mental fatigue, like your, that helps with getting you set up for when the exam, cause you're going to have to do 43 questions in a row. Um, and those little breaks that you get in between, if you have time and everything, which that was something that I had never really dealt with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, I always took my break I just think it's good, even if you don't need it. For me, it was just, it kind of made my brain like relax a little bit. So I would go out of the testing room, go get a drink of water, just walk around for three minutes and then kind of come back into it, do a little stretch. And mm-hmm. that just kind of helped me restart again.
1: Like reset. And that's, yeah. And if you're walking too, we don't want to underestimate the power of just getting the blood flow. Yep. Your brain is using so much energy. Uh, concentrating, you don't realize, and I imagine you're probably pretty exhausted after the exam, but if you get the blood going, the processor maybe works a little bit quicker that way. So in your your breaks were what? Like sound like uh
0: five five, five yeah five minutes usually and then I'd go back into it and then you get your lunch break, which use 30 of the 40 minutes. Don't okay. push too close exactly. to going to like missing any time, but I'd say 30 minutes. Oh, okay. get, grab a little bit of food and I don't know. I called my girlfriend, kind of helped me like relax a little bit. So, so that's calling family or friends. That. Yeah.
1: That's funny you did that too. Cause I, I called, um, I've mentioned this in other podcasts, but I called the, you know, the woman I was dating at the time eventually became my wife. But, um, I called her. I was like, uh, she's like, how's it going? I go, don't even ask. Like this yeah. is, <laughs> this, it is not going well. It wound up going well. Um, but, you know, thankfully, Um, but yeah, that's, so that's, that's good. Like you, you stuck with the same provider. Um, they mentioned the information to me, at least having seen so many of the providers materials, like, yeah, it it pretty much all looks the same. It's just the effort and then making those, those sacrifices, which you definitely did. And I'm, so I'm curious too. So you went from passing the first time three out of the eight and then, three out of the eight sections then five out of the eight sections. So what did the final, the, the, the third and successful one look like? Was that seven out of eight or
0: they don't, they don't give it to you when you pass. I don't, oh, I don't believe, or bad. maybe, maybe not until the final, cause I don't get like my final result until like four weeks I think out. So I just, I passed it two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you're not official. You're not official official yet. So. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm honestly, the, the way I felt though, I wouldn't I would be 90 95% sure I passed seven maybe all eight of the eight okay eight. oh nice yeah so well. I think I did pretty well on them um there was only a handful that I had zero idea on um and usually you can bring it down to two but mentioning roadblocks and everything so I had a hiccup the third time as well oh so because so you're not having good luck <laughs> no and it's really funny how this happens but it's just like sometimes it's just what's set out for you in life and it's right. just roadblocks you got to deal with and you can't avoid. So the day before my exam, everyone says you want to relax, just kind of, I don't know, maybe right. watch a movie, just don't do much. My dog, um, oh. I live alone. He, I had to take him to the emergency room, like the ah. doggy emergency room yeah. and he had some stomach and problems and was not feeling good. So I ended oh. up taking him, to the vet at like 7 30 p.m the day before my tests ended up getting home around 11 p.m 11 30 p.m uh which you probably wanted to be in bed by you know yeah a little earlier than that so it's just like one of those things but you just gotta you gotta prep for those things and the thing is it's like hard to think about but the next day you can't think about stuff like that you just gotta once you're in it in the zone like that's all that really matters for the next like six hours and then you can go back to other things but yeah if you've got road bumps it happens to people yeah you can still pass I passed I've had my tire pop I've had my dog in an emergency room and sometimes life can be crazy but I ended up passing so just keep your foot down and keep going
1: well good you know I know I know for anyone listening definitely you know appreciate your your feedback, like I said, I just want to make it easier for people to settle on a provider. Like I mentioned before, we're not endorsing or knocking a provider or anything like that. It looks like you had a good experience with Kaplan, which is, you know, which is not not surprising. And then, you know, uh, they helped you through the exam, but you're the one that really got through it. So, you know, con- congratulations, mm-hmm. on Cassie. I'm sure mm-hmm. it was, uh, you were able to make up for lost, lost time. So, uh, but there there we have it so hopefully those of you listening get get a couple of good good uh nuggets of information from Logan and I definitely want to thank you for for coming on and uh, and yeah uh, I, I guess the, the, yeah the next step is to to print those three letters and the registered mm-hmm. mark of course behind your name
0: yeah well, thanks for having me and if anyone's got questions feel free to email me I don't know I can just Say it, or if we want to put it on there, but yeah, just lrichard at DenverPWM.com. So I'm always open to giving some advice if anyone needs some extra. Awesome, much,
1: much appreciated. And you'll be you'll be you'll be helping a ton of people. So thanks again yeah, for coming up, Definitely appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Earn Your Marks podcast. For more information or to get in touch, visit us at proexamtutors.com.